Hello everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode 22. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by Emma as usual. Gundam time! Nope. Oh, well, damn. Um, honestly, probably some of the least Gundam time uh, we've had for Beach House. Uh, look, I'm, sa- I'm just saying that uh, it's called Gundam Wing, and this is an anime about some wings. <laughs> well, I guess if you want to take that route, we have a guest. We are joined again by Justin. Hello. Hello. How are y'all doing? Good. You know, considering that, uh, as we all say, the world is still on fire, uh, the anime has been really good lately. Yes. Uh, we we, we kind of did this by having a show where we only watch really good anime. Yeah, um, we try to. Hey. But it's worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, last time Justin was on, we watched uh, Exo Squad, um, which was surprisingly good and interesting. We, never, we didn't continue with it, but uh, we enjoyed the thing, that. So the thing I'm going to say on Gundam tomorrow is I've been watching the wing dub along with the sub, and the dub reminds me a lot of Exo Squad. So actually, Rolina is in exo squad and there's a couple other random people that are from exo squad huh okay yeah <laughs> that that works out but it's also just like the tenor of a um of the way in which it's depicted like it doesn't sound like i think of modern dubbed anime it sounds like action cartoons from the west mm-hmm. that I, I that makes sense right because exo squad is like a Textually, an attempt to do that. Yes. Uh, so, if there were any people that were going to, like, you know, be in charge of dubbing Gundam Wing, I guess it'd be that kind of crowd. And also, like, the first Gundam to come over, probably, yep. you know, like the idea of what that's going to sound like is very different at that point. Yeah. Uh, but today we are watching Hi Bunny Remy, the two thousand and two. Yes. Yes, I was right. Didn't even need a question mark. Two thousand two anime. Uh, based on uh, a like doujin from uh, Yoshi uh, Yoshitoshi Abe, um, that is like really just the first episode and a half, uh, directed by uh, Tomokazu Takoro. Uh, the episodes are written by Abe. Uh, music by Koatani. Want to point out that uh, Tomokazu Tokoro was an assistant director on Macross Zero, an anime I recently watched and suffered through, um, but did, uh, did also work on Serial Experiments Lane, which is an incredible show everybody should watch, including Jackson, um, and also directed Helsing Ultimate, which is an anime that I feel like I saw people talk about a lot back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I've seen posts about Helsing. No fucking idea what it is, but it, absolutely. It's pretty good. I mean, it's about vampires. Mm-hmm. And it has Nazis in it, so it's Fair it's enough. a thing. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is the broad overview of High uh, Remy. Before we get to the like summary of the plot, Justin, why do you why did you uh, choose this anime? I'm curious. Yeah, so like I've watched a lot of anime, and most of them are <laughs> bad isekai anime now, which is sad. And there's only a few that, like, really stick with me, and when I was, like, thinking of what to show y'all, it just, like, mm-hmm. that popped in my mind. I was like, yep, it just... And it's so different from the normal anime that I watch, because there's, like, no action in it, it's very slow-paced, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, uh, it's really good, too. Um, Yeah. <laughs> the plot of uh, High Binding Remake, just a quick summary. Usually I like briefly look at the Wikipedia summaries <laughs> and uh, just take a peek 
summarize over. This Wikipedia summary is the most detailed thing I've ever read on Wikipedia. Uh, even it has the the, uh, the the classical the article's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed. To which I so long as it's still there by the time this episode goes up, you should all go look at this plot summary and go, Jesus. It it has it has dialogue like put into the summary. <laughs> yes. Huh. Yep. Uh, it's very funny. Um, but yes. Uh, but uh, so, Hibane Renme is a series about uh, the Hibane, who are uh, angel-like beings uh, in a town. Uh, they are born through uh, this cocoon where they dream and they break out of a cocoon and then they form wings and then they have halos. Like they build, they kind of forge their own halos, but it's part of their identity. Um, and they are. Uh, creatures who live in this town, like they're humans with with the halos, but then they there are also humans in the town who are normal people who don't have halos and and uh, and wings. Um, the Hibane are allowed to live in the town uh, by the people. They don't get money, but they do do work and they like pay uh, pay for things with like notes in their diaries. Um, this series follows the Hibane Raka who arrives at the start of the series. The her cocoon shows up and she breaks out. Uh, the first half of the series is mostly about her becoming familiar with the day-to-day routine of the town, going to people's workplaces, seeing what people do in the town, becoming friends with everyone. And then halfway through, it takes a turn as uh, uh, one of the other Haibane uh, coup uh, disappears. And like there's a mysterious beam of light and it is revealed that her day of flight has come, which means she has moved on. Uh, and this is the destiny of all Haibani, is they will eventually find peace and move on and disappear without speak without like announcement one day, uh, only heralded by a sign of light. Um, the rest of the series is about the relationship between Raka as she transforms from like naive new Haibani who can't really understand this system of, of living to experienced and uh like veteran Haibane, uh gradually overtaking the one who has been a mentor to her, uh, a character called Reki, who's very nice and very kind, but has a lot of trauma. Um, this is all caught up with the idea of some Haibane are born sin-bound, which means their wings are, uh, like, they have, like, a black black marks on them, and they cannot achieve the day of flight because they have not uh, reconciled their trauma and recognized one's sin. And uh, you can't recognize your own sin because... Uh, if you recognize your sin, you have no sin, but once you have no sin, you can't recognize that it is about, uh, it's like a riddle about the fact that you have to have other people, like, uh, you have to allow other people to forgive you, uh, to find, uh, true peace and move on. And, um, <laughs> the rest of the series is about how Reki, uh, has extremely not been able to do that. Uh, and we get a lot of backstory about her, uh, trying to, uh, there's a lot of stuff i haven't mentioned about the like logistics of the town um but we'll get, her, ba- we'll get to it but basically not being really comfortable and being able to reach out to people and uh her attempts to connect with other people have often uh met with failure in her eyes something's gone wrong and she's felt trapped by the way in which the like rules of this town have uh f- forced her to live in her eyes um which again we'll, go, we'll get into the specifics of that later but uh, at the end of the series uh it is time like Reki's day of flight is approaching uh because she's getting old but she hasn't uh like resolved this like broken out of the circle of sin is what they call it and resolved this thing that uh, Raka was able to break out of like pretty quickly honestly like it's a big episode but she is able to realize it and uh Reki is bitter towards Raka and doesn't understand and eventually at the last second realizes that she just needs to ask uh 
ask Raka for help, and she does so, and uh, she is cleared of her sin, and then leaves the next day, and that's it. The world moves on. Uh, it is a very kind of small, quiet ending, um, and uh, Raka promises to never forget Reki, and the the world of the Hibani Reme continues. Uh, that is the, that is the basic plot. There's a lot of like, uh, like I said, uh, logistics about the world that I didn't really go into. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. the plot of the series. So, where do we want to start? Well, uh, you know, let's start with some voice actors. I did some voice yeah, actors for this one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we ha- I'm going to do, like, there's the three main characters. There's Raka, there's Reki, there's Ku. And then I also did the communicator. Like, they're the ones I think were, like, most interesting to grab here. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, the communicator is really cool to me. And we'll talk about it quite a bit. Um, but uh, Raka is voiced by Ryo Hirohashi. Um who you might know if you are Japanese as the voice of Miles Tails Prower in basically all voice sonic media in Japan. That's good. Yes. Um, there's uh, there's some like later Gundam stuff that we're not going to get to for years and years, but um, that's the thing there. Um, Reki is voiced by Junko Noda, um, who is mostly known for like Love Hina, which is a thing I have not seen. Uh, so I can't uh, say too much about it. Um but it's one of those things I'm like, I should really watch that someday just to get a context for stuff. Um, and then uh, Q is voiced by Akiko Yajima. And if that sounds familiar <coughs> to you, if you've been watching Gundam, that's because uh, that is the voice of Relena Peacecraft. Uh, we covered this just a couple weeks ago in GGP, but she also famously voiced Shinosuke in Crayon Shinchan, who is Crayon Shinchan. Um, she's Spy of the Dragon. She retired from that in 2000. So a traditional Spy of the Dragon. A uh, lot of lot of roles. Did Anakin Skywalker in Episode One? Nice. Oh. Is, she, uh, is she Clone Wars Anakin? N- no, just just Jake Lloyd Anakin. Um, and then the communicator is Tamio Oki, um, and I wanted to point this out because he is the voice of Daisuke Aramaki in Ghost in the Shell the movie and Ghost in the Shell Two Innocence specifically. Oh. <laughs> the yeah. other Aramaki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he's been doing voice roles since the 60s, so just in all sorts of things. Yeah, God. Um, but I don't think anything really we've covered. I mean, he's an Escaflone, but um, not as like a super major character, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, voice actors. So Voice actors, check them out. Um, so thing about this show that i think is worth mentioning if someone wants to watch it is i spent the first like six or seven episodes very curious uh what we were doing (laughs) because it's the show it's the slowest build to revealing a plot that is i've ever seen in an anime um as they go through the town and it's mostly uh just raka going around seeing what people do for their jobs and like this is how this one aspect of the town works and then uh i don't want to do this job i'll go see one of my other friends what are they doing and uh seeing that and um it has like a it has like an interesting like episodic like melancholy to the whole thing but um feels a little like aimless uh but seemingly intentionally because once the plot shows up it overwhelms that whole sense of like lack of direction and makes that plot and thematic material of like this is about searching for an answer in a situation that is hard to find answers in um and i ended up finding that really compelling um i was really surprised by the back half of this anime i was uh the first half i was like i don't know about this maybe maybe this one's just a bust but it really when it hits it really hits yeah it's kind of like 
proto slice of life or something like that. But it really needs that time with like the characters. I feel to like really make you kind of get invested in the world and kind of the mystery of the world by being. It yeah. is really slow, but I it, it kind of works in a weird way. Yeah, it also works because like that restlessness that like I felt watching it is like about like that's what the story's about. Like Reki is restless because she lives in this world where nothing happens and is stuck there. And uh, you know, as much as Rock is the main character, this is a story about Reki's journey. Uh, yes, to me, absolutely, I would agree with this. Uh, yeah, uh, my feelings are pretty similar. I was um, kind of bored for the first five and a half episodes, and then suddenly out of nowhere, a plot arrives. <laughs> um, and uh, it gets uh, really good, I think. I, I really like the back half of this anime. Um, it ended up uh, really surprising me in uh, in what it was about. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, about the town. So, we were talking about like the mechanics yes. of the town and stuff. So, the uh, Haibani uh, live in like these like dormitories that are like abandoned buildings. They can't wear anything new. Like they all, they all wear hand-me-downs. They can't use, they can't handle money. So they basically like have like assigned like, you know, shit that lives in their notebook where they write down their thoughts and everything. And sort of like a, you turn these into the communicator and they look at the, like, or the, uh, and they look and see how you're doing on your, your spiritual journey or whatever. And the thing that this made me think of specifically is like what it is to be like a, like a Buddhist monk where you, you aren't allowed to own things. You can't buy stuff you just take charity and what is given to you or what is like you know you do a service someone gives you some rice and that's what you live on is uh like alms basically um which uh was like instantly the thing i thought of which is interesting because the move the show itself is you know there are a bunch of angel teens running around um and the uh abe is very clear it's like uh, all all ties to christianity are seemingly uh, like i meant them to be incidental i just like the way it looked <laughs> which uh is very funny in the sense that like so much of the story is about like spiritual redemption but it sits in this very nebulous space of being like kind of buddhist influenced but not like explicitly and aesthetically very like christian or like very specifically catholic and that like this is very much a story about like purgatory characters trapped in purgatory um but seemingly that wasn't like the direct intent and the like it has like jrpg religiosity <laughs> um yeah I, I really wanted to like drill into the way in which it is like a jrpg because it makes the story like really it's the cause of some of my issues with the story, but at the same time, it makes something I have to respect because I, I've not seen anything like this. And that it dedicates so much of its runtime to setting up the logistics of uh, this belief system and this like structure of society as represented through uh, the Haibani Renmei and this like it's weird people that come into the town and they can't leave and they're all imprisoned here, but no one really knows why. But there's creatures that can come in and they don't talk to you. And the Haibani Rem the the Haibani, which is different from the Haibani Renmei, because that's the like it's translated as like charcoal feather society or something. Um, but like that's the like structure that keeps them in this place and so uh, so much time is dedicated to why the world is the way it is but instead of providing like answers and more importantly instead of providing like an escape or an analysis f about what this like structure means it just dives all the way into like self-actualization and interiority of the characters um like it is 
basically you could have the th- the like this world and it would just be a plot about you know you can make a jrpg about killing god and they would all escape from the haibani system and they'd all be free together or whatever i don't know exactly but the pieces are there and then it never it just it goes yes that is just the world that's it the world is this welcome to this world and never even like entertained the idea of changing it which um uh, I have to respect because I just haven't seen that before. <laughs> Every single time any like anime or JRPG has laid down these pieces, has always been in service of like asking questions about them, <laughs> and this just isn't interested in that. Yeah, it kind of like leaves it up to you to think of like like you to kind of place the answers of the world because it seems to be a little bit more like focused on the characters of Reki and Raka than. And giving you concrete answers on the world, it's like not really about that, but it kind of leaves enough breadcrumbs for you to kind of like in your own mind make make up your own decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting because by being so invested in like the interior journey of the characters uh in the setting it kind of just allows the setting to like exist uncommented upon um in a way that like almost underscores like what you take out of it will be what you put into it like because you know we played a lot of jrpgs it's like oh is is are are the communicators like like a threat is everything here like some weird machination um is this all some big puzzle that must be escaped from as they find and kill the god of the haibani renmei um and it's not that obviously it doesn't turn into that there's no like deep reveal of the nature of the world it's just the mag the way this world works uh which i like because it ends up reflecting on like there's a there's a bit in the middle here where Rock is like working underground in the tunnels. And you're like, oh, this is where she's going to learn the truth. And there's no truths to be found. It's just like whatever you want to gain out of your experience, which is what the the whole story is about. Is like the way out of purgatory is like there's a whole lot here about like being sin bound where some some of the haibane are born uh with black wings or they get black wings because they can't they're not opened up to the idea of change and it's a thing that like slowly it's like a creeping uh corruption that overtakes their wings as the symbol of their like spiritual quest or whatever and uh reki covers it up and teaches raka how to cover her hers up when hers starts happening um but then Raka gets cleared of it, and it's like, oh, you're not sinbound anymore. And it's treated like this, uh, she has, like, achieved something spiritually, and Raka doesn't know what that is, and ends up working in these tunnels underground. And it's through, like, the work and being open to, like, starting to ask questions and being an agent in the world that she actually comes to the conclusions. Like, her own actualization is someone who can express concern and interact with others and be useful. And I think the whole, like the ways in which the mystery lingers and isn't answered is about like reflecting on an answer will not save you from yourself. It's about like going out there and building connections that will help bolster you in your worst times and strengthen you to help others in their worst times. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of leads into like the way the ending goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the reveal of the ending is that Reki did all this, right? The, the, the like reveal of the ending is that Reki's already done the work. She just can't see that, that that's what she's done. Because she's basically been nice to everyone. She helps everyone. She connects with people. But because of her trauma, like sees it as something selfish because it's motivated by the idea of making herself pure of uh, being sin-bound. Yeah. And uh, she can't reconcile the idea that like 
being selfishly motivated and also doing nice things are not like incompatible right we all do nice things because we want to feel good about ourselves but we also care about people these aren't conflicting ideas um and the ending is you know her realizing that asking for help and uh which which i like because i think it does a good job of um you know, there's a lot of moments like this in stories, right? Where there's a big someone suddenly does the big uh, catharsis thing and uh, frees themselves from whatever thing is happening. Um, but uh, I like that they take a lot of time to clarify that the you know to backfill that the work has already been done because it's often like I've realized the truth and then the story ends and no one says what happens next. Uh, but uh, I really like that they focus on the idea that no, she she did she's already it's not like she hasn't been working on herself. She just can't see it. Um, uh, and her connection with uh, Araka throughout wasn't fake. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was good. I. Uh, it was. It was a good. It was a good ending. Um, but I, I definitely felt. Uh, I definitely felt a little unsatisfied by it in ways that I'm still trying to like sort out. I feel a bit back into the pocket, been like, oh, just uh, um, not having a completely coherent take. Uh, but um, I definitely thought that like. Reki's, uh, Reki's like realization of the truth of her situation is so obvious that to me a lot of it became about why she believes the things she believes. Like what she only is in this nightmare torment because she is in this situation where she has to figure out her trauma today or will die forever. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was, I th- just expecting slightly more about like questioning why, uh the way the world influences the um self-actualization narrative is where like keeping some of the uh world stuff in the background doesn't work so much for me um because reki's trauma and her beliefs are shaped directly by the like structure she's in and by the everyday life of the haiwani situation and the the show doesn't really like draw a connection by by that right it's all about fixing your own shit not about how the world might have shaped that uh yeah for me it's interesting because i feel like there's an undercurrent that like pokes at possible other answers if you want to read into them uh mm-hmm. there's the so Reki, the thing that's revealed about Reki obviously is that she she doesn't remember her dream but then she does realize and her dream is that she was like hit by a train it's implied that she like you know threw herself in front of it and committed suicide um Raka's dream is like falling from a great height and there was someone who tried to help her but couldn't and that's why she like ends up sin bound or whatever um and to me the thing that like and the show allows you the space to think, oh, the thing that happened to Reki and Raka is that they are suicides and that is like more sinful than just people who died. But my read on it was that the, the Haibani specifically are all people who committed suicide and the purgatory is about like a, a, a space to like heal uh, as a person before you can move on to whatever um, in like an afterlife sense. Uh, and... I, it's it, it's weird because the show draws this big distinction between Reki and everyone else and explicitly shows that hers is like, you know, the result from on the train or whatever. Um, and I feel like it adds like a moral judgment that the rest of the show doesn't have. And it's strange yes. because um, the rest of the world kind of implies like the communicators like, ah, oh, she needs to take the, the day of flight or otherwise she will be exiled and has to live apart. Um and cannot interact with the, the other Haibane or the townspeople. Um, but in a way that allows like 
the communicator also lives apart and doesn't talk to the townspeople. And there's these people who live outside the wall called the Toga who come in and they communicate by sign language. And like, there's space to read like the communicator and the Toga as all people who didn't take the day of flight. Like maybe they are also sin bound. Like they wear robes that cover their entire bodies and have angel iconography. Like the communicator has a bunch of angel iconography all over him and seems very invested in the idea of like people need to take the day of flight in a way that's like, are you the person who didn't make it? And here you are. This is what you do. Um, yeah. In a way that like, he communicates with like the lost people in limbo, like the toga who come in, um, who maybe were like him and then even lost the ability to speak and just drifted out into the beyond the walls, um, which is like a cosmology to this world that is like rich. If you want to dig into it, the show doesn't. It just kind of leaves it there if you want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I read the toga and the communicator is uh, the, same. the failed high bonnie, basically. Mm hmm. Yeah, it does make his like efforts to reach Reki like more interesting because he 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 definitely takes like a harsher like the way he gets her to realize the entirety of her dream is by writing her a letter that's like you know everyone else gets a true name your true name is like the thing that's going to trigger your trauma again but in a sense it's like him tr- like reaching out the last moment to try to get her to like you know come to this otherwise she is going to end up like him in a way that. Uh, yeah is interesting like trying very hard to not make someone follow your path even though he is a mentor character which is a good way to take a character that otherwise could be very sinister um there is a sort of like desperate like care that he gives to the Hibani that i think is really interesting um because there's a lot of rules around like when you go to the communicator you can't speak unless he asks you directly and you have to gesture with your wings and every time the Hibani are there alone he just doesn't care he literally just like yeah you go ahead tell me what you want to tell me um yeah and it feels like rules that are imposed by the like townspeople in a way that is interesting uh to see like no one else really in- like he doesn't invest in it like that mm-hmm. yeah and it was it was strange how much i was uh invested in like the um fakeness of the rules because to so to me like the the money situation is weird right in the they they don't get money but they do have jobs and they do pay for things so they they do have money it's just written down not um yeah uh, it, not it's currency. it's weird that they have the, the the like script because it doesn't make sense to me like it makes way more sense if they just lived off charity because they did work right like yeah. they are paid directly in food beca- and clothing because they do work instead of like here's a fake money <laughs> yeah so immediately i was like I think like, I took that is in more importance than it had to the plot because of how bare the first few episodes were. I was really focused on the idea that like a lot of these rules are like that is just money. They've just been given money and told yeah. it's different. Um, so I was looking for more of an acknowledgement of the ways in which this whole thing is fake, uh, and it's not. It's actually the realest thing there is. Like it ends up being like no, these things are true and real, and um, this is like what the metaphor is. Like you must uh, find yourself if you want to move on. Um, but I definitely like a lot of my uh, like responses to that stuff were uh, because I was primed by this angle, and also I've been brain poisoned by uh, years of Gundam. Now I was the exact opposite. Like at the start, I had a good time laughing at myself, like thinking about how I was at the start of Gundam, trying desperately to raid everything in terms of like characters' interiorities, and now I finally watched the show that's like the most interiority uh based self-actualization metaphor show possible and i'm just like pouring at the structures in a really (laughs) hilarious way i've completely changed how i approach media yeah i I really liked it yeah i kind of found like the money and them 
like only being able to own second hand stuff and living in like abandoned places I kind of felt like it was to make it so they don't have like a connection to this world so they like yeah. can get on the day of flight that's kind of how I started to read it after Koo and everybody left and hear about the day of flight type thing yeah I, and I, I, I think that's the intent. The idea that, like, they could just do that with charity. Like, they, the money thing is like one yeah, weird step in the weird. way. Um, because like they don't pay for the cl- the clothes; they just get secondhand. Like people give them their castoffs, and I like. And there's a bit in the show where um, Rocket goes in and like is ordering some soup or whatever, and goes to pay for it. And he's like, "I ah, don't worry about it. Uh, use that next time you want a big feast. I'll just give you the soup." And like that's just how it should be all the time. Like people live like like that's how often like traveling monks or whatever live in the world today mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you just exist off of people's charity it's not the end of the world uh and feeds so much more into the idea of like the haibane live in a state of like learning to connect with people and rely on people because they are individuals who could not do that in their prior life uh yeah it's it's weird in that like uh, I took a took a while to sit with like the metaphor uh, play with the hypothesis situation because you know I have depression right so like the second you get into like when you which and I don't think the show's doing this I think the show's more empathetic than this uh, but it definitely gets like close to the line of like you must re- you know you must uh, remove the stain of suicide from yourself um, I think if you were being uncharitable you could read the show in that way I don't because uh, I like it. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> But I definitely, like, had to sit and think with how... Like, because it gets into fraught territory. I think that it ultimately is saved because so much of the show is so deeply empathetic towards Reki that the idea that it's judging these people would be, like, ridiculous. Um, Like, it is about the, uh, like... It, you know, the, the whole show is about looking at Reki, a character who has done nothing but help people... Uh, and like obviously has trauma and is bitter and all these like shitty things in a way that people are but the whole show is about looking at her inability to like see Raka as like the this grand cosmic tragedy tragedy that could doom us all um and um it's uh it's it's really good i think that's what saves it from the like more cynical way to read it uh, this is also why I read the Haibane like generally as maybe people who kill themselves because mm-hmm. it takes away the moral weight of like Reki being the only one. Um, and instead, like because of the way that like Raka gets like, you know, bound by sin uh, implies that like the thing that causes people to be sin bound is like not engaging with the task in front of them. Uh, like Reki becomes like is sin bound because she can't recognize that she is doing good work. She is too like self depreciating as a person to see. She's like, if I'm doing this for selfish reasons, it doesn't count. Um, there's no, there's no such thing as an altruistic act, um, which is uh, some very uh, you know depressing uh, moral realism to ha- imbue in someone uh, to think that way. But Raka ends up being sin bound when she ends up like dawdling. Like she's not engaging with anyone. She's kind of drifting from place to place. Like what do I do? I don't really understand this place. It's not my place. I am the outsider. I'm new and this is all very strange and I'm going to kind of be remote from it. And it's, it's only after she starts to become sinbound that she begins like reaching out and needing people. And uh, so it becomes about like the quest is the thing that is the, like the path and falling off of it is the thing that is being like sinful in the way this world works. My read on the sinbound is, it's about, Kind of like you said with connections, because, like, Reki, like, even was born in this world alone. And, like, it, it, the, uh, 
at the end, it's like she was all alone, even she had like nobody. And Raka had the bird, who is was somebody she cared cared about in the other in the real world. So it's like more about I think connections, because I do think they're all you know victims of suicide. And um, it was more like Reki had nobody, and then once she you know gets these connections, she kind of frees herself. So that's how I read it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the Reki stuff is uh, the the Raka stuff is interesting in terms of her being Simbam, right? Because I I think the way I've ended up reading it uh, is the idea that like um, all Hibani Rome are like Hibani are Simbound in the sense of like you know the first thing they do is have this dream, and the ones who are Simbound are the ones that aren't remembering this dream, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that implies to me that like everyone, the first thing they do is have is like confronted with their own trauma and has a chance to. Uh, like engage with it um so it is i don't see as much like a difference between the simbound haibane and the um non-simbound ones that some of the fandom including whoever wrote this fucking wikipedia page <laughs> really do uh and so that, that that's interesting to me um but i also think that like i was primed to another way i was like so distrustful of some of the stuff the show was doing was the way the raka stuff ended up going because the thing that gets her like that starts her being simbound is that she's like not really gaining people and she starts like touching the wall and chasing uh chasing uh coup and trying to like get to the outside world right uh which um i was definitely in like in this period of the show reading this as like much more of like a prison situation um where i'll say i read that as like when you overinvest in like the people who have left as opposed to the people in front of you yeah which is absolutely what it is but i was so but like because of how complicated the like systems of this world was i was like what why is raka like because every other version of this kind of story right is always the protagonist is the one who wants to go outside and all the the uh the people in the world who are just invested in inside the walls are, you know, they are sheep who can't see. That is like the very individualist. If I was writing a screenplay in my screenplay course, this is what I would be told to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like um, approaching it in that way. I thought it was weird that the show was telling her to be like, the show was like morally marking her for trying to expand her understanding of the world. Um, but I, uh, you know, I think I got. I just think I just think that a lot of my like weird opinions of the show are because I just it was using such familiar ideas in ways that were um, very different. Like uh, it was you know realizing that the show is just about this small uh, world as an allegory rather than as uh, uh, like foundations for analyzing like you know um, we're going to go out and discover the truth of the world uh, really shifted my understanding of the show in the last like four episodes. Yeah, th- there's like you know. This could just be Final Fantasy X, right? Right. But, like, she goes to the wall and she, like, hears her, like, mysterious friend's voice and doesn't understand the, like, sinister things going on by the people in the masks. Like, this is not... It's not Attack on Titan, because that's garbage. Uh, but it's playing with so many similar ideas. Uh, with the... Also, it's, you know, the quiet sadness of being in a prison in Japanese Europe. So, like, this story goes... <laughs> it's, like, just playing with signals that I had seen go in such different ways. But realizing it was, like... Um, much smaller scale and treating this more as like a metaphor for purgatory than uh for something yes for being final fantasy 10 which was what my brain was primed to expect because i played too much final fantasy <laughs> yeah that's fair man if the if the last five episodes had pivoted into final fantasy 10 this would be a very bad anime 
No, but it would be one of, like, 12 bad animes, right? Yes, like, yes, absolutely. That's my point. Yeah, that's why I have to, like, respect it so much for not doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I really liked the show. I really liked, um, I really liked Reki once the show became, oh, as you know, fellow sad person when the show became about, like, uh, this, like, bitter uh, person who's actually really nice but doesn't, can't let herself, just, like, basically spent the entire last six episodes alt-posting. Uh, <laughs> like, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, one of the things, uh, like, aside from, like, thematic material that I found really interesting yes. is the, this show has really intense, like, visual novel energy to me. Like, the music yes. is very, like, ambiently sad. There's, like, really great sequences of Raka just, like, looking for a room in the, in the home to live in that are just, like, her peeking into dusty places that could just be, like, static shots of empty hallways and rooms and it would work just as well. It's, um, and that part, that part made it really funny to me, like, I watched this on uh, Funimation, um, and the opening is, like, so weirdly just, like, cut together stuff that I thought it was, like, a fake one that they built for the West. I'm like, oh, they couldn't get the rights to the original OP. They put in a different OP, looked it up. No, this is just the actual OP. It's very strange to me that uh, the way this show looks sometimes, because <laughs> I think the OP and ED have, like, some of the worst animation in the show. Yes. Which is so antithetical to what I think of for anime in general, but especially anime of this era, where like you have the really flashy uh, opening and then maybe you know cut the corners on the show. Um, yeah, I, I think the show is like surprisingly well animated, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's it had a bit of an unfair situation in that we last time about two weeks ago. Uh, two <laughs> uh, two episodes two, two, ago. Oh, we do so many of these now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two episodes ago, we watched. Uh, um, Kino's Journey, uh, which is like also connected to Serial Experiments line in a way. Like, there's a direct line there. Uh, it is from the same era. It is this like early 2000s Digipay animation um, that is also a Japanese Europe slice of life melancholy show. Uh, um, I'm changing the name of the group chat to Serial Experiments line. Is it Lane? <laughs> yes. yes, Lane. <laughs> I have not watched it. What do you want from me? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch not... it. I have not watched it either. It's really good. Yeah. It's very <laughs> different than this. Uh, have y'all seen Technolize, his other anime? No, it's on my list of things I want to watch, but I have not it seen it. It is weird. I need to finish it. It's it's a thing, though. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like the um, way that it looks. You can definitely tell that it's a little bit like budget-type anime with its like animation, but I think it looks really good. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. So it's so like we did Kino's Journey, which is like all in on the slice of life stuff, and also entirely about the thing I was like primed for here of like the way society is bad and makes people sad. Um, so it, I was just like, it was just a very all the chips were against Hibani Remy, and uh, it uh, uh, like looking as good as it does and uh, like growing on me as it does. I was very glad because at the start I was worried I was just going to be down on the show. Yeah. Also because it has such like a like relatively unassuming like warm like run down but like warm slice of lifestyle the part where sometimes it just does some body horror very good i like that a lot uh yeah, yeah. What the the wings breaking through in the first episode yes. is like it's like ugh, it's yeah. act, it really got me i don't yeah, think it's like bit, super gross bit, yeah the bit where uh it's revealed like recky's like been pulling her feathers out uh, yes yeah it's a lot um <laughs> yes yes i immediately sent that to a friend yes um, 
because it is a uh, very on brand for uh, like everyone loves a sad stuff. fallen angel what if their wings turn black and then they pull them out and are sad over it and they're smoking all the time <laughs> and they're smoking all the time <laughs> ricky's so fucking cool yes <laughs> the idea that ricky couldn't see that uh, she's actually like the coolest character in all of anime <laughs> Yeah, and every and everyone like looks up to her and uh, thinks she's great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Even the people she's like in like years long feuds with think <laughs> she's great. <laughs> They've been feuding with them so long that they, uh, you know, do the way you respect your Twitter beefers after a long enough time. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just need a rival. Yeah, Ricky's a great rival. Um. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, uh, it was cool. Uh, the the streak continues again. Yeah, started off worried that oh, what if this one's the bad one? But no, uh, there are no all the bad shows ones. continue to whips. Uh, we've done some bad shows for um, for Beach House. I'm not. We're not calling any. Oh, you know what? <laughs> the person I would call out won't care. Yeah, there was Dominion Tank Police. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call you out and say Macross Plus. <laughs> uh, no, Macross Plus is good. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do we want to uh, have anything else to say before we wrap this one up? Thank you very much, uh, Justin, for the recommendation for the suggestion. It was a great show. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's. I mean, the music's really good. Yes. Yes. The music's fantastic. There's that one like uh, light motif that plays a lot of the time in like radically different context too. There's like a light uh, string version. Or yeah, there's like it's like a sad string version, and then like a light harpsichord, whatever version. I forget exactly, but there's the, the main theme comes up in multiple times, and it was very catchy, uh, yeah. in a way that I don't always I don't always associate anime soundtracks with like light motifs that change styles. Often there's like here's the one track that we play when this thing happens, and then there's the different track, and there'll be repeated tracks, but they're just the same MP3. Yeah. Of the four Ko'otani things we've covered on Abnormal Mapping, I think this is my favorite one. Yes. It's a it's a really good yeah. Uh, soundtrack. Yeah, if y'all haven't heard the opening that has, they have an opening the opening version with lyrics, it's really good. It's on YouTube. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I'll, I'll check, that, yeah. check that out. I'll definitely look that up. Yeah. It will probably be in maybe in this episode. I can yeah. I can put it in the chat if you want. Yeah. Yeah, that will be very we'll definitely check that out. Well, okay. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, this was great. Uh, we enjoyed you. the episode a lot. Uh, the, enjoyed the anime a lot. Enjoyed the episode a lot as well. Um, do you have anything to plug, or are you just uh, just on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I'm not really on the internet at all. It's pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's valid. <laughs> um, I would just give a suggestion for everybody because I've been, you know, quarantining, but we've still been able to play uh, some role playing games with my friends over Rule Twenty. And if you have any interest in that, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. check that out if you if you if anybody has friends that would be interested because it's a blast. Uh, you can follow me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find uh, the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, there's a whole bunch of good ones there. We're doing uh, Kentucky Route Zero for Abnormal Mapping. We're recording that next week, so that'll be up soon. Look around for that. That is our game club podcast. That'll be re- be recorded uh, like two days after this podcast goes out. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, if you want to email in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Obviously, we're Patreon supported. Patreon.com slash abnormal mapping. If you would like, $1 a month gets you the Great Gundam Project, which we are currently watching Gundam Wing, uh, also scored by Koatani. And... Uh, Space Runaway Ideon, which uh, seems very cool for as goofy as it is. Uh, Beach House will be back in two or three weeks as we talk about the first 13 episodes of Trigun. So please look forward to that. I do. I really do. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time with some more anime.